Hello everyone, and as always, welcome to the Christian Bible Study Ministry Podcast. I hope this program, uh, as always, I hope it finds you blessed, and uh, I hope you know that the Lord will take care of your needs, whatever it is that's going on in your life right now, and you know, and with all the stuff going on in this world, it's, uh, I think it's safe to say that we all have needs um, that we have to bring before the Lord, you know, whenever we pray. And it's a lot of bad stuff going on. It's a lot of bad stuff going on. I don't think anybody can not can deny that. And this subject that we will be talking about today, it doesn't really deal with uh, uh, the stuff that's happening uh, on the world, you know, on the world level, but it does deal with uh, the things that uh, happen in our own lives, the uh, concept that we will look at here is that you reap what you sow. And this is from Galatians chapter 6, uh, the first eight verses. And it is something that I think we will see is so very true. You know, uh, how many times have we heard of karma and it's a word that we hear so much in this world you know today you know karma karma people talk about karma 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 you know the bible never speaks of it it, it never you know karma the word karma is not a biblical word you know but uh we will see that in essence it is a biblical concept of course it's not called karma but it is the law of reaping and sowing you know a better principle taught in the world is you reap what you sow and this is interesting uh considering some in the galatian church were saying you had to add works to faith to be saved uh, and of course, Paul never told them that they had, you know, or excuse me, Paul even told them that they had fallen from grace, but he was reminding them that faith alone is the basis for salvation. Why is this important to reaping and sowing? Well, we will find out. Verses one through two, excuse me, brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Paul knew some in the church were either not saved or were living carnally, or perhaps, you know, uh, they had stumbled. He tells the stronger members to gently restore them, but to also do it with care that they also do not stumble into the same fault. You know, we we can be sure of ourselves. We can think that oh, I have I don't have anything to worry about. I can handle this. You know. Uh, there might be a brother or a sister who has fallen into 
some kind of sin. It might be, I don't know, uh, alcohol or pornography or something, and you try to talk to them about it, and during the course of that, you might well be exposed to it. And so you have to take care that you do not yourself fall into that same sin. You have to take care with that. And this is taking care of another's burden by sharing concern and love. And the command of Christ is to love. By helping someone with a burden that they can't deal with on their own, you are helping somebody else with their burden. You know, stuff like that, it's stuff that, yes, they ultimately have to deal with on their own, but they also need help in dealing with it. So now we will go on to verse 3. Excuse me. For if a man think himself to be something when he has nothing, he deceiveth himself. Uh, this is the reason we should pray. Excuse me. Again. This is the reason we should pray when dealing with another Christian who is in a fault, like we just talked about. We need to be mindful that we pray for strength against falling into the same thing. Um, you know, a mature Christian will pray to not fall into temptation. You know, it's just like, hey, if you have a fault that you um, were taken away from by the Lord, you know, uh, whatever sinful habits you had that the Lord broke you of, you would also, just like you would pray to not fall back into those, you would also pray that you would not fall into temptation when helping someone else deal with their personal problems. Because we need strength, you know, because hey, that's like the Bible says, the heart is deceitful above all things. Peter found that out when he uh, was faced with temptation, the temptation to run and deny Christ, and he sure enough did it. He not only did it three times, and not only did he do it three times, he did it with cursing and swearing. I don't know Jesus, he said. He fell into temptation. Verses 4 through 5. But let every man prove his own work, and, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone, and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. You know, we need to be wise in how we handle our work. You know, do for ourselves what we can. We shall bear our own burdens. You know, don't go asking the church or another believer to go do something that you can do yourself. They can be off helping somebody else who really needs it. So you are responsible for you're responsible for the burdens that you that you yourself can actually handle. That's what this is saying here. We go on to verse 6. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. You know, we have a responsibility to help those who preach or minister full-time they preach and serve others full-time, so to help them is to sow to the Spirit. You're helping somebody who is devoting all their free time 
you know, all, you know their, their working time or whatever you want to call it to preaching and ministering. Preaching and ministering. That is a full-time profession. And that's a profession that uh, the Lord has called some people to. So in order to care for them, you know, you know, it might be cooking their food, it might be uh, sending them money, or, or just te- helping take care of whatever needs they have. You are helping to shoulder their burdens, the burdens that they themselves cannot shoulder on their own. Verses 7 through 8. Be not deceived. God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And this here is where we uh, will see that, uh, excuse me, we, we see how the Galatian church had gotten it wrong. They were, in essence, uh, sowing to the flesh by teaching that you had to follow the law or even parts of the law in order to be saved. You know, Paul has told us here in his other epistles that the law cannot save you. The law cannot save you because no man is capable of fulfilling the law only Jesus Christ was able to to fulfill the law. He did that by dying on a cross after living a holy and completely sinless life and rising from the dead. That is how he fulfilled the law. No human being can fulfill the law. You know, circumcision avails you not. You know, and whether you're uncircumcised, it doesn't avail you either. You must be spiritually circumcised. And yet these people in the Galatian church were teaching uh, basically that you almost had to be a Jew or had to be a Jew before you could accept Christ. That is mixing works in with excuse me, mixing works in with faith. And uh, to me, this and I believe this is what Paul was saying. They were sowing to the flesh or sowing to corruption with that. But as we have seen through these uh, other verses that we have read, um, if you sow to the spirit, which you know, which is what you do when you uh, help another Christian out with their problems, or if you you know whether you're trying to help somebody who is a believer overcome a sin or if you're trying to help feed a missionary or somebody you're sowing to the spirit and what it what it means when it says that he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting remember jesus said that he had come that we might have eternal life and have it more abundantly so what paul is saying here is that we of the spirit excuse me if we sow to the spirit we shall of the spirit reap life ever everlasting this is saying that you will have a more abundant spiritual life you can you know and you can have it here too 
and as well as also in the future, in you know when uh, Christ, you know when Christ uh, gives out his judgments on how each believer has performed. You know what you do here and now determines the quality of your spiritual life, of your life in heaven, and it also determines the quality of life that you have here too, because what you do, whether you sow to the flesh, if you sow to the flesh. You reap corruption, and that's true even for Christians. You know, Christians can get caught up in sins. They can get caught up in being hooked on drugs, and their fall, you know, their fall off, of, you know, from their walk with the Lord is a hard one when that happens because they go from being, uh, it's, to me, it would be kind of like being a CEO of a company or something and you know you wind up out on the streets with nothing you know we don't uh have the literal job of a ceo you know but we go from having things and having a good life to you know having nothing you know being out on the street in some cases and they you know the people who do that have reaped corruption even though they still have christ they have reaped corruption and uh, the opposite, uh, just like we said, the opposite is true. If you sow to the Spirit the things that the Lord wants you to do and focus on, uh, you know, trying to be, you know, trying to progress in your sanctification, uh, you will reap a good harvest there. You will reap that harvest of the Spirit. You will reap it. And it is a very... Uh, worthwhile uh, pursuit it is very worthwhile and excuse me here um, okay now to uh, verse 9 and let us not be weary in well doing for in due season we shall reap if we faint not and now we see that if we faint not, we shall reap. Remember this, that Christ said, and I just said this a second ago, he came that we may have eternal life and have, and have it more abundantly. You have already passed from death to life. You passed from death to life when you turned from your unbelief and you accepted the Holy Spirit into your heart. That is when you were baptized in the blood of Jesus Christ and you became a member of the body of Christ through your belief. Through your belief, you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit now resides within you because of your faith and acceptance of Jesus Christ. Remember that. Remember that, people. Jesus wishes that you have a bountiful harvest, which is to be had by living in him, ministering to those who that are his remember in the book of john jesus tells us you know he tells us that he is the vine and we are the branches he is the vine and we are the branches he wants us to abide in him so that we can be fruitful if we don't abide in him if we uh allow things to uh, get in the way, you know, or whatever that, you know, it's like a, uh, 
he says that that branch is you know something that is basically it's uh, going to be burned he's not talking about burning in hell here but he's really talking about a uh, person who needs to have things taken out of their life so that they can be fruitful the same thing in Hebrews chapter 6 it talks about this the field that bears thorns and thistles it is, its end is to be burned and note, and I want to point something out here again about uh, here about that uh, passage too um, it says that it is nigh unto cursing it doesn't say that it's cursed it says it's nigh unto cursing so you have a uh, parallel passage you know there with uh, the one in Corinthians where Paul talks about um, a person's works being burned they have themselves but nothing else to, you know but nothing to show for it so Jesus wants us to be fruitful and we're fruitful when we sow to the spirit you sow to the spirit first of all by having faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior that's the only way that you can reap any kind of harvest spiritually you know, you know that. Excuse me. That's the only way that. That's the only way that you can reap any kind of uh, fruit spiritually, because because without your faith in Christ, you're dead. You have nothing. The only thing you have is corruption, which, uh, you know, which that will uh, put you in hell. It will put you in hell. Paul tells us. To faint not so that we might reap this harvest. You know, you have to keep on. It's tough and it's tiring. We get discouraged. We get depressed. You know, some of us are even like, have even been like Peter. I have been like Peter. You know, I got scared before and I basically told God I quit. And I can tell you that I, that I was torn into my, it's like my, my heart was torn and ripped to shreds over what I did, you know. But in that, you know, in that case, look, people, I'm telling you. Remember, the Bible says Jesus spoke to Peter personally. He personally spoke to Peter. He made it a point to make it known that he wanted to talk to Peter. The Bible doesn't tell us what all they talked about, but I'm pretty sure that Jesus told him that he was forgiven and he reassured him because you know how Peter, you know, the Bible says Peter wept bitterly over his failure. He was torn to the bone. To he, His very heart was broken, shattered over his failure, over his denial of the very person who he undoubtedly believe, you know, believed and accepted as the Lord Messiah. He believed all of that and yet he still fell in fear. But he genuinely repented and Christ made it a point to talk to him personally to reassure him of his forgiveness. I have to remember this. Jesus did the same thing for me because he knows 
the weakness of our flesh. He knows the the problems we have with our emotions and all that. When we do stuff we shouldn't do, he helps us to recover from it. And he helps us to recover from it because he wants us to move on and to go on and do things and be fruitful. And it's pretty, it's almost impossible to do those things when you have stuff holding you down. Guilt is a huge, it's probably the biggest, uh, one of the biggest uh, weights that holds people down, you know, false guilt. So you see, we already have passed we excuse me we already have eternal life as we've already passed into it whoever believes in Jesus Christ has passed from death into life you have the Holy Spirit the quality of that life or excuse me for the quality of that life we must keep in mind or we must keep on in the fight in the fight that is the struggle to live our faith we are told we shall reap if we faint not and this is the struggle we must pray and so that's what we'll do right now dear Lord father we want to pray right now that uh, anybody who's listening to this if they're feeling down and tired or feeling like they're just guilty and can't do anything Lord, I pray that you would talk to them just like you did to me, you know, as many times as you feel it's, as it's necessary to reassure them, hey, it's, it's okay, I'm still here with you. You know, I will help you to heal your wounds emotionally. I will help you. And Lord, that's, I pray that people would be able to uh, recover from whatever it is that's keeping them from being unf- that that's keeping them from being fruitful, and to go on and be fruitful, you know, so that they can reap a more abundant uh, harvest of everlasting life. And I pray that if there's anybody here who's listening, or if they know somebody who, you know, they if. If somebody who's listening knows somebody who doesn't believe, then Lord, I pray that maybe you would give them a chance to uh, share the word with them. That Jesus Christ died for the sins of the world and that he offers spiritual life, eternal life to anyone who believes in him. So, Lord, it's in Christ's name I pray this. Amen.